It's amazing that Jesus could take, as the master teacher, take things that we are aware of in everyday life. Simple things, small things, somewhat routine things. And be able to teach them in such a way that he could use those simple, routine, everyday things to give us a better understanding of things we didn't know. And that's really what a parable is. A parable is a story that is made that Jesus was using for the purpose of taking something we were not familiar with and helping us through that story to be able to understand it better. So literally, Jesus would take heavenly wisdom of divine kingdom principles and literally be able to boil them down to pictures such as a seed and soil and a plant. Jesus was indeed the master teacher, and I think as we look at Matthew 13 this morning, and in the weeks to come, look at this, look at this idea of spiritual agriculture, looking at the many different instances, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, where Jesus used growing or agriculture as a means of teaching a kingdom principle. We're going to be looking at the soil eventually. We're going to be looking at the seed eventually. We're going to be looking at the surroundings. We're going to be looking at the sky. We're going to be looking at the sickle at the harvest time. We're going to be looking at all of these different components of spiritual agriculture, but as a table of contents, as a point and place of reference, I want us to open to Matthew 13 as we look at this, this introductory parable where Jesus is called the parable of the sower. Some of you have heard it called the parable of the soils. Um, but regardless, let's look at Matthew chapter 13. Verses 1 through 9, and then we'll go and read the explanation for it, found in verse number 18 to 23. It says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, or a planter went out to plant. For those of you who may think there were needle and thread involved, there was not. And he sowed some seed, and some fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. And some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, but because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded the crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Let's jump over to verse 18 where Jesus explains it. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches shows the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. 
This parable, in order for us to really get a, a good understanding of it, it would be important probably for you to be able to jot down a couple other scripture references. This story is told in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's found here in Matthew 13, it's found in Mark chapter 4, and it's found in Luke chapter 8. And this parable really begins, it's one of the earliest parables that Jesus tells. In fact, in Mark chapter 4, in Mark's account, and he gives of this story, when Jesus, after he tells this parable to the disciples, they're all standing there kind of scratching their heads and have this duh look on their face. And Jesus understands that his followers don't get it. And Jesus says these words in Mark, in Mark chapter 4. He says, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? Jesus was saying at that moment when he announced, when he brought out this first parable, he is saying to them, if you don't understand this parable, if you can't wrap your minds around it and get out of this parable what you need to get out of it, then how are you going to be able to understand any of the other ones? So I think that this parable is more than just an idea of spiritual agriculture. It gives us kind of the tools and the understanding of how to be able to process many of the other parables that Jesus gave us. This is a hugely important parable because it deals with this one question, and I want us to focus on this. What is your relationship with the Word of God? A lot of times in sermons we can get wrapped up, and I can throw a whole lot of things out for you to think about. But I really want us to be able to just focus on one thing this morning. What is your relationship with the Word of God? You see, I, I, I debated about, should I say, what is your relationship to the Word of God? Or what is your relationship with the Word of God? And the more I thought about it, I realized the question, what is your relationship to the Word of God, probably indicates more of a one-time experience. Probably indicates or leads you to think, what is my relationship right now to the Word of God? When you think about the question in terms of the word with, what is your relationship with the Word of God? It transcends this moment. It really includes all of the moments past, it includes the moment present, and hopefully our relationship with the Word of God will bear fruit going forward. So I want us to be able to think about that. What is our relationship with the Word of God, the Bible? Because all of these different soils that we're going to be reading about are all characteristics, are four different characteristics of a heart or a mind and its relationship with the teachings of Christ. There are four different ones that I want us to see out of this this morning. The first one is in verse number four. As he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. So the very first seed this morning, the first soil, is really the hard soil. You see, when I, I've never been to the Holy Land. I know people who have. I've been able to research a lot of where this, what was going on when Jesus wrote these words. And I realized that as ground was given and an inheritance were provided for God's people, they had their own little section of ground that they could cultivate in any way they wanted. But outside, there weren't necessarily fences as we would know them today, but there were little areas to walk, ribbons of ground that the common people, anybody, could use to walk and navigate to get to their little section of cultivated ground. And it formed a path. It was much like a highway. So when they would be out there planting their garden here, on the other side of this little three-foot ribbon would be another area that someone else would have that they would be cultivating, and in between them would be this little walkway. And there would be many of these throughout that area. So many people would be traveling around the perimeter of these gardens 
And it would form this very hard, packed soil. And what Jesus is saying is that this sower, he is the sower, teaching the word of God, the seed is the word of God. He is saying, as he's going out and as he's casting the seed, as he's broadcasting it out there, getting it where it needs to go, some of it falls on the stone, on this hard ground. It's not able to get down into the soil. It just sits at the top. And the birds, the Bible says, Jesus describes it in these parables as the birds. They come down, and instead of seeing a seed that is supposed to grow something and produce fruit, they see it as food. So these birds are flying around, and they see the seed sitting out exposed on this hard ground, and they swoop down there and snatch it up and take it and eat it, and it does no good. The seed at that point does not serve the purpose for which it was intended. It was intended to be sown in a specific spot and produce fruit of various kinds. And yet Jesus said that seed that falls on the hard soil didn't produce anything. It was eaten. It was snatched up. If we're talking and asking ourselves the question, what is our relationship with the Word of God? I think this first heart, this first mind, this first person that Jesus is describing is the one that when they hear the Word, remember, in all of these scenarios, they all hear the Word. Everybody hears it. It's what they do with it once they hear it. This person that Jesus is describing is a person who hears the Word but does absolutely nothing with it. In fact, the Scripture says that he doesn't understand it. And you may raise your hand and say, Amen, I found myself in Scripture. I don't understand the Word. Some of you may be afraid. You may read over this and you think, wait a second, I know enough to know that this is not a good example that's given, and yet I struggle to understand something. There are all, all of us struggle to understand some of the things in, in God's Word. No doubt about it. But what that word understanding is referring to is a person who doesn't even give it room to think about. This is a person who doesn't even care to roll it around in their mind. This person doesn't have the desire or the ambition to give it any real estate up here. They hear the word, they discount You know as Jesus was teaching, the master teaching. As he was out here teaching, he was teaching something that would have been happening at that very moment. No doubt as he was spreading the kingdom truths, there were people that would have responded in various ways. And what Jesus is saying right here is the first one. It's a hard heart. It's a hard mind. It's a hard soil. They won't let it in. Why? Why will those people hear these kingdom truths and yet not give any room in their mind? Why would they hear these incredible truths about love and mercy and grace and all of these amazing kingdom principles on love and forgiveness and righteousness and integrity? Why would they hear all of these great things and yet not give any room up here? And I think there are really three reasons. One is laziness. We've all been there before, haven't we? You hear some kind of a truth, and you know what? There's a lot on my mind right now. I mean, seriously, Pastor, lunch is coming up. I mean, that's that's important. I mean, I only have a pie chart up here, and really, frankly, lunch takes a lot of it. You know, and then there's, where am I going to nap? And then there's all those events that take place Sunday afternoon, and then, Pastor, we're not even getting in up here to this mental pie chart of what I'm going to do Monday at work. I mean, we got, I understand we have a lot going on up here, but it's a list of priorities. And these people, I believe one of the reasons why we don't give any real estate up here is because of a mental laziness. Really, it's going to be just a lot of work. You know, I, I can think about it. I can consider it. But you know what, Pastor? i got a lot of things going on up here. And frankly, I just don't really have time or the desire. It's just mental 
displacement. I think there's another one though. I think it's the mental arrogance as well. You see, sometimes we hear something and we think, oh, I don't need to do that. I don't need that. You ever heard of the umbrella rule in church? Or we come into church and we have this little invisible umbrella when the preacher starts preaching? You know, we hope that, you know, we don't need this, but we hope the people around us all get wet. You know, we're, we're okay. Pastor, I'm alright, but the people around me, they really need that. When we talk about certain things, sometimes we get in our minds someone who really needs to be here. I always love when someone, when I'm walking out, someone will say, No, Pastor, I know someone that really needed to hear that message. And I get it, there can be a positive way about that. And sometimes I start thinking, You know what, maybe that person is you. People say sometimes, Pastor, you're stepping on my toes. I heard a good pastor friend say one time, I was never aiming at your toes. Damage your heart. Mental laziness. Mental arrogance. I don't need it. I'm just fine after the way I am. I'm just fine. I don't need to worry about all this. I, I, I'm pretty good. I, I know the people worse than me. I mean, I'm the best. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable right here about the middle, about average. But then I think there's something else. It's not just laziness. It's not just arrogance. I think there's a mental fear. I really think there's a mental fear. But if I hear these principles, and I choose to believe them, how is that going to change my life? What, what am I gonna, what, how different am I going to be if I adopt this spiritual truth? I know it's, you believe, that person believes it has power, but they are scared of adopting it for themselves, so they don't even want to let it in. And you know, just because we come to church and we sit in our pews and, and we sing and we live and we, we have a tinted face, does not mean that the Word of God is getting in, folks. I know that because I've been on that side of the pulpit before. I've sat there with my arms crossed almost. Spiritually, my heart was crossed because they were words I really didn't want to hear at seasons in my life. I was shut down. I was in hard soil. That, that seed that could do so much for me, that seed that could radically alter my life for the good, it's not even given a place up there. Because of mental laziness, mental arrogance, or fear. I don't want to know. Let me pause for a second. Is that us? Does, does, this, does this describe your relationship with the Word of God? Outside of Sunday, do you ever crack open the Bible to read what God would say throughout the week to you? Do you have a hunger and a thirst for it? Or do you much, would you much rather to put it off? I hope today that, it, that we're not guilty of the hard part the second one is the shallow heart. It says in verse 5, some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. This stony places that he's speaking of is really similar to another parable Jesus tells at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 talks about a man who built his house on the sand and one who built his house on the rock. And we think in our mind, in our mind of this, this big rock protruding out of the ground and some guy is somehow managing to exercise great uh, construction skills and is able to build this house on this big rock jutting out of the ground. That's not it at all. You see, under the, under the topsoil, the thin layers of topsoil in some of those places, there was this large-scale uh, limestone that laid out there. So when Jesus was talking about the wise man builds his house on the rock, he was talking to a man who moves the sand away, who moves that dirt away, and builds his house down on that limestone foundation. 
And here's a very similar thing. This layer of limestone that would lay in very short areas of topsoil. And what Jesus is saying is the seed does fall. The seed does go down under the ground to some extent. And it begins to grow. But something happens. The Bible says that the sun comes out. And when the sun comes out, that plant that has just started to grow, then begins to die. It withers up very early in the stage because it had a lack of a root system. Jesus was saying because it didn't have deep roots. Because its roots did not go down deep. It was not able to sustain the sun. Isn't it interesting that the sun was supposed to be the very thing that gave it life. Plants need sunlight in order to survive. And yet for that plant that did not have deep roots, the moment the sun sprang out, and began to give what should have been life-giving rays and vitamins and nutrients, helping that plant produce food, it only caused that plant to wither. You see, Jesus describes it says, he who received the seed on the sunny places is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. This guy takes the word in. He's emotional in his hearing. He's excited about it. But then if you notice in his description, he's very clear. He receives it. He's happy about it. And he goes out into the world and he starts doing what the word says. And persecution arises. He is now being attacked because he is living out that truth. And because he starts being attacked for living out that truth, he can't stand it. He withers away and he dies. Why does he wither and die? Because he does not have deep roots. I think sometimes it's really tempting for us to live right there. You see, because we've got the best of both worlds to some extent. We've got, we, we, we know what the truth is. We've heard it. We've, we've kind of put it into practice. We go out there and live it out in the world. We live a life that is different and distinct because of the Word. And then we see this persecution coming on us, so we kind of back away from it. Our roots never go down deep. We never go and deepen our relationship with the Word. We don't go on to, to take those truths and apply them to other areas of our life. You see, in spiritual agriculture, the same as in normal agriculture, the depth of the root matters. And here it never went down deep. By the time it started going down, the sun came up. And it burned that I think sometimes it's very tempting for us to live our lives with a spiritual sufficiency as it relates to the Word of God. Many of you probably were, may have been raised in a home where you were taught the Word of God. Many of you may have memorized portions of the Word of God. Many of you may have, have had at some point a great relationship with the Word of God. And now today, you're trying to live off of what you learned years ago. You may have a, a sense of self-sufficiency. I'm okay. I know enough to be okay right now. And you've never really deepened those roots. But when tribulation and trials come because of the Word, that is a very dangerous place to be because we're tempted to fall away. 
I want you to see this third one. The crowded heart. Verse 7, some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. Corresponding verse of 22, now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. Think about this now. This seed has fallen on the soil, it has been heard, it has been received, and it begins to grow. And everything now is looking good. I mean, if you were to compare this third one to all the previous two, I mean, he would have been miles beyond all of the others. But then the Bible tells us something. Jesus introduces a new problem in spiritual agriculture. The, the first problem was that it didn't get down into the ground. The second one is it didn't get far enough down into the ground to have roots to be able to sustain the growth that went up. And now, he says, it begins to grow. We don't know that there's anything wrong with the roots. We don't know that the depth of the root is a problem. Nothing else seems to be a problem. This plant starts to come up. But then one thing Jesus introduces are the weeds, the thorns, the things that are no good. If you just go and if you were to just look at your yard, till your yard, I don't care. And go out three months later and see how, my, how good your plants are. If you just leave your soil to itself, it's going to grow nothing but weeds. In order for you to grow something beneficial, you have to plant something beneficial. What Jesus is talking about here is this sense of a garden, and this seed of the Word is now planted down into the soil, which represents the heart of man, and in that heart of man now starts to grow these weeds and thorns. We can look at that as sin, that which stands against the Word of God. And you know what? This plant starts to grow. Slowly. Small. What did Jesus use as the two examples? The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Jesus is saying that there are things that are growing naturally in our heart. And if we're not careful, what's going to happen is the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, those things in the world that we begin to run after, these things is that they start to wrap themselves around that truth of the word. We begin to choke it out. You see, there's a really true principle. In my garden at home, there are only so many resources. There are only so many nutrients. And that's the way. And if I just plant my plants and leave that garden to itself, what's going to happen? I'm going to have weeds growing just as good as my plants. Before long, I'm going to keep grass and weeds and thorns and thistles that are growing and taking away the very important nutrients that my tomatoes need. Don't mess with my tomatoes. What Jesus is reminding us here. And as we begin to apply this truth for our life and live, we have to be very, very careful that sin, the pursuits in our life that do not represent kingdom truths, we have to be very careful of those things to try to choke out the word of God. You know what we do? We pull We identify the people and we pull it. You know why? It's 
stealing your resources. The word and the world, please hear me, the word and the world are both competing for this. The word and the world are both competing for real estate right here. When I am living for the Lord Jesus Christ, I have to be very aware that there are weeds and ulcers and things that are not of God that are wanting to grow up here. Sin, lust, desire, envy, greed, bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, cares of this world, pursuit of money, the desire to be famous. All of those things can be to grow here and show out the Lord who I need to do to identify what they are and I need to pull them up by the roof and throw them far, far away. 